Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. The vision of Colonial Church is to build an exciting, vibrant, Bible-based church right here in the heart of St. Augustine, Florida. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. We just did a little prayer moment about the generations. And the generations are important. We believe as part of our church that we're also called to raise up the generations. We're called to see the generations rise up and be everything that they're called to be. To stand on the shoulders of the previous generation and do even greater things than before. And so as part of that, I really feel called as a leader, as a pastor, to raise up communicators of the Word of God. It's not always just going to be me up here preaching. And I'm committed and I'm devoted to seeing some of the young people that God has put in my path get up here on this platform and preach as well. And so to see that happen, from time to time, we're going to do things like we're going to do today, which I'm calling our Young Guns segment. So you're going to be blessed today, but we've got three people that are part of our church that are being raised up to do just that thing, which is to preach the Word of God and communicate and oversee and oversee sort of different areas of church life. And I'm just excited for you to see who they are and see what they got as well. But we can also take this moment to encourage them and, you know, just just almost preach with them. So um, this morning, we're going to hear from three people. They've got 10 minutes each to speak to us, and they're going to continue the living the dream idea, theory, uh, sort of thought that I've been preaching from recently. But we're going to hear from um, Pastor Chris Awesome, who is, along with his wife, Mallory, uh, they oversee our young adults ministry, and they do an incredible job doing that. So we're going to, uh, we're going to hear from Chris. And then after Chris, we're going to hear from Liz Creasy. And if you don't know Liz, Liz uh, oversees and, and helps um, do everything we're doing with Colonial Kids. And so our kids ministry, just if you didn't know, is just, is just taken off. And there are just kids just taken off into the atmosphere. And we just got to make sure that, you know, get back to their parents at the end of the service. So you're going to hear from Liz and she's an amazing communicator and she, she just does an amazing job. You're going to hear from Liz and then you're going to hear from her husband, Aaron, who's right here on keys. And Aaron's involved in, obviously, worship and production. And he's also involved in helping oversee the wild man um, side of our church, which is all the men's uh, ministry. And if you don't get that devotional on a Monday morning, men, speaking to you, men, if you don't get that devotional on Monday morning, you're, miss, you're selling yourself short. That's an amazing devotional. And the one that's going out tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., I've read personally, I've read it myself, and it's from one of our amazing men in our house, and it is incredible. We're in a series called Free Man. It's all about walking in the freedom that God has for us as men. So Aaron helps us with that as well. So you're going to hear from all three. But would you do me an awesome favor? Stand up so we can welcome the Word of God this morning. Can we give it up for Chris? Pastor Chris, as he comes to encourage us with the Word this morning. Good morning, church. How are we? Go ahead and take a seat. Amazing. Thank you, team. Such a good job. How are we feeling this morning? We good. We're excited to read the word. I'm excited as well. First off, before before I start, I just want to say quickly thank you, Pastor Matt and Jill, for the opportunity. We don't ever take it lightly. And um, we're just grateful that you would be gracious enough to give us a go, an opportunity, and we're just thankful. 
But if you have your Bibles with you this morning, we're going to be opening up in the book of Mark or Mark. Mark chapter 9, mate. So if you have your Bibles, I tried. I gave it a go. I miss Sydney. But Mark chapter 9, we're going to be starting in verse 14. Verse 14 says this, when they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them, and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about, he asked. A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Jesus speaking, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If, I, if you can, Jesus said, everything is possible for one who believes is there anyone thankful for that this morning? Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. I love that. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he de he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. This morning, as we wrap up our series, Living the Dream, I want us to gather around this thought, and I want to preach a message entitled, Unbraiding Unbelief. Somebody say, Unbraiding Unbelief. Beautiful. In the next few moments, I believe that God is going to meet you, meet us where we're at, in the struggle of unbraiding, untying, get ridding, get, getting rid of our unbelief and, and replacing that with faith. Because we serve a God that is faithful, amen? All right, let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, very much for this, this time that we get to gather under your name as one body. We, we thank you for your word, and Lord, we thank you for your loving kindness. Just pray that this moment would fuel our faith, God, that we, would be, that we would be able to stay on the path of your dream for us, the God dream, Lord. We pray all this in your holy name and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Quick question, is there anyone that is just naturally an organized person who's got every T crossed, every I dotted? Don, there's one organized person in the room this morning. That is amazing. Anybody else? Anybody else over here? We've got a couple. God bless you. I am, I am not an organized person, and I will be first to tell you that. My wife is blessed with that spiritual gift, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm so far from that. 
And that causes some tension in a relationship, but there's grace, right? And my wonderful wife, Mallory, she is patient with me, and I'm thankful for that as well. But honestly, the last week and a half has been pretty interesting. It has just been a full week for me and my wife. And we've had lots of family come in town. I had my uncle here, my grandfather. And then we had a friend visiting at the same time, staying at our place in our one-bedroom apartment, which is interesting. We just squeezed the air mattress in there. It was perfect. But it was great to have them in town. But on top of that, how many of you know that life doesn't stop when you have people in town and when, you, when you're trying to meet with other people and you have work and you have a schedule and as I said earlier, I have trouble with a schedule, but I'm on that journey to recovery. I am trying to work on that. I really am. And my wife's helping me. But this last week has been interesting, and I think it hasn't been bad. It's been good. It's just, it's just full. And when it's full, you have to find a rhythm. I think it's more of a rhythm than a balance in God's house. So living the dream, I think, for this week has been to be honest, it's been hard to, to remember, yes, I'm on that path, that God dream path, and God is, is revealing it to me every day. Sometimes we get distracted by life. And I think that during that, this past week, it was all building to this weekend, and our pastors were so gracious enough to send us to VU Conference in Miami this past weekend, and it was amazing. And I had this feeling, I texted some of the crew that went with me, um, that it just felt like there was a lot going on this last week and a half, but I really feel like there was a refreshing spirit that was going to come. Holy Spirit was going to refresh us this weekend. We were going to be filled, refilled up. And he did. He met us where we're at. But I'm, I'm more so concerned this morning about the middle part before we get to that part, because he did refresh us on the weekend. We feel faith-filled and, and filled up, but it's that middle part where we have to sometimes unbraid our unbelief and remember that we, we, have, we, we have a faithful God, a good father that loves us. And diving into that. And I love in this passage that in verse 22, he says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus goes, if you can. What? As if he was questioning his authority, but... This was his first encounter with Jesus. I'm sure he had heard a lot about him, but there was still a little ounce of unbelief. He wanted breakthrough for his, his son, but there's still a little bit of unbelief. And I feel like we attach to that sometimes. It's so easy to do that. And I actually love, I love the rawness of this transaction because between the Father and Jesus, just, there's this genuine yearning to believe Jesus. And that, that tells me that even in activating faith in that moment, he was still unbraiding his belief, unbelief. In that moment of still saying, okay, let's give it a shot. I, I believe, but at the same time, help me in my unbelief. When we were at VU conference and I was preparing this message, I really felt like God was speaking to me, and he said, do you want to know one of the biggest obstacles that will keep you from staying on the God dream path? And I said, yes, God, what is that? I would love to know. 
especially right now as I'm preparing. And he said, you. And I was like, I don't know if I was ready for that. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true. One, sometimes the biggest obstacle from not maybe feeling God as much or staying on, on that path that God has for us, that massive dream, is sometimes we get in the way of it. Sometimes it's us. And in that moment, I was surprised, and I was like, yeah, that, that is true, because distractions are everywhere in life. Every time we walk through our day-to-day, there are distractions that are things that are pulling for our attention. But we have the opportunity to choose every day if I'm dealing with trying to unbraid my unbelief because of not being in relationship with Jesus today or this minute, that we actually serve a God that is here and he is present and he, he is omnipresent and he is, he's guiding us through that. If we just choose to press in, and he would reveal how faithful he is. I don't want to just finish with this thought in verse 24. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help me overcome my unbelief. But verse 25 is important. When Jesus saw that that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. I love that he waited until there was a crowd. And the reason for that is sometimes it's hard to continue to have faith in God in the present. But God will put people around you. There will be people around you that have seen it, seen God be faithful in the past. And those people will be the ones that will encourage you, no, 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 wait a second. I know you're struggling with your faith right now and believing that, that you're still on this God dream path, but remember what God did in the past. Because he is faithful. Is is there anyone in the house that is thankful that we serve a God that's faithful in the past? And we have our past to remember that he will be faithful right now and for the future. Sometimes he'll bring people around you to remind you, no, 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 I've seen God work in your life in the past. Remember that one time. Remember when you had zero dollars in your bank account and you have actually have a savings now. God is faithful. Whatever it is, God is faithful. And it's just a, it's a matter of continually being in check with unbraiding our unbelief that faith the size of a mustard seed can do amazing things. Amen? Do you feel encouraged, church? Do you receive that word? Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Thank you, Pastor Chris. That was beautiful. I love Pastor Mal and Chris. Awesome. Is anyone jealous that their name is awesome? (laughs) At the conference on their name tags, it was spelled A-W-E-S-O-M-E. And we thought that was great. And we're like, can we keep that? (laughs) I think it's cooler that it's not spelled that way. But I just, (laughs) I love you guys. I think the best is yet to come for y'all, Mal and Chris. And just seeing y'all's faith in the small seasons and in the little thing, I just see God's anointing in his hand on your life. And I believe that as you're faithful with the exchange and with worship and just sowing in your lives, you'll see a great harvest in Jesus' name. Love you guys. So 
One of my friends this morning said, Liz, are you nervous? And I said, I'm really not nervous. I'm just grateful. And the reason why is because living the dream, I'm doing it. I'm here. I'm with you guys. This is my community. This is my family. And a couple of years ago, a friend invited me to Woven. I, was, I lived five hours away, and she was staying at an Airbnb, or no, not an Airbnb, an actual bed and breakfast, which is awesome. And she said, Liz, I, I don't have a husband yet. Come and stay with me, and we'll go see Pastor Jill, and it'll be great. And I came here for Woven two years ago, and a dream was birthed in my heart that night. And I met the women in this house, and I said, man, I I want that to be my community. I've, I have a dream in my heart to be a part of a community that's as encouraging as those women I met that night. But you know what? I was called to be faithful in my season where I was at, and I hid that dream in my heart, and I locked it away. And I thought, I thought that I just let it die because I had to. But hello. We're here. <laughs> five years later. Nope, two years later. Sorry, we've been married five years. I have the gift as a woman of just talking. <laughs> So I'm going to try to be patient and give you some gold today. So I also wanted to thank Pastors Matt and Jill for believing in us, for calling the gold out in us. Even when we're telling them the dirt, they call out the gold. So let's be like that for one another. Amen. Awesome. So when I was praying about today, I was like, God, I have to do something impressive. And he was like, Liz, you could just read my word and people would know me and they would be refreshed. So I'm grateful for that. And I have a timer. Hallelujah. Cool. So we're going to go to the to John in the Bible, the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And if you're curious about how to get to know Jesus, read the Gospels because you get to actually see how he was as a person, as a human. And he's still a person. And we have his Holy Spirit in us. So I encourage you, get to know him through his word. And on this thought of living the dream, I was... I. The thought came into my head, living the dream is awesome, but what does living the dream look like in ordinary every days? And this is, a, this is a story in the Bible about a woman that was in the middle of her ordinary every days. So it's John chapter 4. We're going to start in verse 7. When a Samaritan woman came down to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? for Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. Jews would actually go around their city to avoid them. That's how much they didn't like them, okay? Jesus answers, oh, sorry, back up. You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and this well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well to drink from himself and also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them then a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. How many of you guys know in the ordinary every day, sometimes we just get thirsty. We get thirsty for a touch of God. We get thirsty for a dream to be reawakened in our hearts. She said, sir, give me this water. And he told her, go call your husband and then call, come back. And she sunk and she said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, 
you're right, you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands, and the man you're with now, he's not your husband that you're living with. What you've said is true. Can you just, like, feel the shame that's coming over her when she realizes that he knows everything about her? I think sometimes we come to Jesus, and we don't know how to talk to him because we're like, he actually knows everything about me. You know, I can present this version of myself to you that you think, hey, I'm cool. Like, I'll give you a drink of water. It's awesome. You're hot. And then you'll like me. We'll be friends. It's a whole thing. I daydream a lot about that. I'm like, this will happen. Then that will happen. Then that will happen. It will be great. But imagine meeting Jesus and he calls out the very thing you're most insecure about, the disappointments in your life, the shame in your heart that no one else sees. And so she sinks and she's like, you're right. Oh, my gosh, you know everything about me. So she says, I can see you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on this mountain. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And here we go. Jesus says, woman, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you don't know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is for the Jews. And listen here. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. And this is true still today, okay? God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. I'm almost out of time, but I've just read, I've just read the Bible. It's beautiful. So I really, I really felt when I was reading this and over the weekend that living the dream in the ordinary every day is we have to address something first. And that's those of us that feel like we've been disqualified from our dream. And the two words God gave me this morning, I feel like, is if you feel disqualified because of the disappointments that you've faced or, or the shame that you have in your life. Um, and there's a song, and it's called On the Shores. And it says, on the shores of my soul, I give you permission to wash my tears away and take all of my disappointment and fill me with joy once again. And in my season where I couldn't see the promise of God and I couldn't see the dream living out in my life, I would sing that song with like a guttural roar <laughs> because I had to believe it. I had to believe that he would fill me with joy again, even though I couldn't see it, even though all I felt was my disappointment. I know that my God doesn't disappoint. I know that my God knows everything about me and he still calls me. One of my pastors once said, that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. And I'm here right now because he, he's called me, so he's qualifying me. And I believe the dreams that God's put in your heart, if you're called to it, he'll qualify you. Your shame, your disappointment, that doesn't disqualify you. This woman, in, in, her, in her culture, she had reason to be ashamed, especially because there was a law that she was held to. She wasn't even the right race to receive to receive that law or to be able to even attempt to be good enough. But Jesus came to her, and that was my first point, is that in your ordinary days, just sit down with Jesus because he comes to you. So many other religions are about, are about trying to get to God, but in Christianity, Jesus is God who came to us. He, saw, he wanted to show us what it looked like. To, we say sometimes, oh, I'm just human. No, Jesus is human. That's what it looks like, and he showed us how that is. So let's sit down with Jesus. He came to her. He knows where you are. And the second was put the focus on Jesus. He addressed her sin. The shame came, but he didn't linger there. She spoke about her past and her family history. And I think some of us in church today are saying, oh, my family grew up this way. That's how church was. And you kind of carry that as baggage of how you view the church. But the church isn't the people 
Well, the church is the people. My bad. But the church is the church is not defined by your experiences with people. Okay? People are broken, and he's redeemed us, and we're just giving it our go. Okay? So even if you're hurt, I just pray that your disappointment, that you'd be able to forgive, that God would nurture your heart with this living water. Because the bride of Christ is beautiful. I heard someone say recently, God's not coming back for different denominations. He's coming back for his bride. And that's who we are. Amen? Cool. So put the focus on Jesus. Jesus redirected the conversation and gave her a new identity and future in him. Also, he's, he told her a massive secret to his kingdom. He, we hadn't seen that before in the scriptures, even to his best friends and his disciples. But he chose this Samaritan woman, this disqualified woman, to tell her, hey, come here. Okay. We're cool. I love you. You're not disqualified. But you know what else? A time is coming where true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. And I wonder if the people that knew Jesus so well, maybe they couldn't comprehend that. You know, but this woman, with everything she just experienced, her heart was open. And she was able to receive that word. So that's my third point, is worship in spirit and truth. I love the Greek word there. Um, for worship, it's proskuneo, and I learned this in college, and I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. It means to kiss the hand of God. <laughs> and when I was finishing high school, I visited a church for the first time, and I saw these people worshiping, and I was like, it just, it just broke me because I saw someone worshiping, I believe, in spirit and truth for the first time. To me, I'd learned to perform and give, give the people what they want, you know. But, but this girl, she was just like so full of joy. And it actually gave me healing and gave me courage to pursue a life and a calling focused on Jesus, not on myself. And I'm so grateful for that. John 4, 39, in closing, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of her testimony. Even the people that she felt shame from, that she didn't want to go out to get her water at the beginning of the day, she went in the middle of the day when it was hot because no one was there, okay? The people that she felt shamed by, she brought the message of Jesus to, and they were saved, okay? So the area that you think disqualifies you, I believe God wants to give you authority in today. So as he heals you, whatever's in your heart and you say that disqualifies me, as he heals you, I know that he'll give you authority in that area because the enemy will attack you in the place that you carry the most authority. So I pray that Jesus just continues to fill you up with your identity and who you are. And when I'm focused on my ordinary, when I'm focused on my ordinary, I see my lack. But when I focus on my extraordinary God and what Jesus did for me, I have all I need and more. Amen. Love you, church. Hey, guys. How we doing? Still with us? Cool. Let me get this uh, open real fast. I got an iPad, and I got to remember the code. First try. Okay, um, can we give another hand for Chris and Mal? Like, that was incredible. Like, it's hard coming up after that. That was so good. The whole uh, God doesn't, yeah, God doesn't call the qualified, but qualifies the called. That is so awesome. And we're all called. This, that just, like, blows me away. 
Um, so in writing my little mini-sermon message, whatever we're calling this, uh, I ended up asking God, well, we were at dinner with some friends, and we got the text message from Matt that was like, hey, you're speaking this Sunday. And it was like, <laughs> my wife and I both at the same time looked at each other and we're like, what? <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, are you joking us right now? But um, instantly I heard the word wisdom. And I was like, okay, God wants me to speak on wisdom. So later in that day I went home and I sat down uh, on my porch and I was like, okay, wisdom, what does God's word say about wisdom? And I just started reading and God said, I'm not giving you the topic for your message. He said, I'm giving you a word for Jill and Matt. And so I feel like God placed a word in my heart for you guys that I want to share with first. And um, he showed me this picture of Maddie climbing up this ladder on the side of a house. And he knocks on the window, and the window opens, and this guy passes out a loaf of bread and uh, gives him the loaf of bread. And what it was is Maddie asking for wisdom. And I believe, Jill, you're, you're included on this. You guys are constantly asking for wisdom. And the thing is, is God is giving you guys wisdom freely. And he, but the, the next thing that happened is he didn't just grab the bread, walk down the ladder and go in the house. He started breaking the bread and passing it to everyone that was down below. And when most people would go and grab the wisdom that God's given them and hold on to it and try to improve their lives, I was just... It, it really hit me, and so I just want you guys to feel encouraged. And what they're doing here and letting us have a go on this stage is totally unbelievable. Like, not a lot of pastors, I've never met a pastor that's ever been able to, so it's, it's blowing me away. Anyway, um, so I'm not talking about wisdom. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and actually, it was one of those moments when God really didn't tell me too much until literally, like, zero hour you know, Hail Mary. Anyway, um, what, what I'm going to talk about is, uh, I'm going to talk about, I'm in need of a dream. So if you guys are writing notes, write this in wherever you are on your notes, I'm in need of a dream. Uh, and we're just going to, we're going to kind of dive into the topic of, should you give up on your dream? Or did I give up on my dream? So, uh, I've been asking God a lot this week about wisdom, all week long, trying to really focus on that. Like, God, what, give me wisdom for this. Like, what do you want to show me th about wisdom? And I wasn't hearing much or anything at all. And it's almost like God wanted me to work through that question myself, like, about what I wanted to talk about. And well, that can be both frustrating and a little bit of satisfying, satisfying at the same time. And it's frustrating because in our human nature these days, we have, like, an instant response culture. You guys know it well. Uh, for instance, the other week I was, our, our internet went out, like our router on our internet, and I'm, my job is internet based, like I have to, I have to have internet for my job. And so I'm on Amazon looking for stuff and I found the router that I need, and it's a specific router and it's like super fast, gigahertz and whatever it is, super fast and I'm like, I need this thing and I go to order it and it's like five days wait time. And I was like, not Prime? Are you joking me? Like, I can't get Amazon Prime on this thing? So then it was 12.30, jump in my car, 12.30 a.m., jump in my car, drive down to Walmart in, like, my PJs, find a router that will work. Do you know what I mean? And so, like, I needed that right now. And that's how our culture is a lot of the time. We're in a place where we're like, we need this uh, in our life right now. And it's, it's 
Oh, sorry, one second. Just like it's difficult for me to wait on a prime package, we can find it hard in our human nature to wait on a non-prime God. Yeah. Having to wait on things in this world is getting harder and harder, but let me encourage you, don't let it become more difficult to wait on God. Okay? God is the same. He's been the same. You know, like sometimes he asks us to wait. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good. For the proper time will come when we reap a harvest if we do not give up. Okay? It says, in a proper time, and then it goes on to say, if we do not give up. You know, we have a choice to give up as humans. If it's not going our way, if it's not happening the way that we think it's supposed to happen, if we're in a super dark situation, I've been there. I think all of us have been there where we're like, I just want to give up. Like, I just want to watch this thing die and move on. But the, real, the reality is if God has given you a dream, he wants to see that. You, he wants to see you reap from that dream. Um, so I don't know what seeds you've planted, but God is going to bring a harvest in your life. He always will. If you need a dream, God will give it. If you need God to speak, God will speak to you. If you need God to answer you, he will answer you. If you need God to heal you, he will heal you in the proper time if you do not give up. Okay? If you do not give up. So remember, guys, patience produces perseverance. Always. It says in Romans 5, 3, 4, we also glory in our sufferings, or some translations say we have joy in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. A lot of you guys might be asking, like, it's easier to give up, like, how like, do you want to know, like, I guess what I'm trying to say. Sorry, I'm all caught up here. This is nerve-wracking for me. First time ever doing this. Um, thank you. These guys are awesome. Um, do you guys want to know how not to give up? Give in to the work that God is doing in your life. Period. Have patience with God and let that build the perseverance. Have perseverance and let that build into character and have character to let you hold on to hope while the Holy Spirit is refreshing you, and God will bring a harvest in your life. Totally. Um, so when I was younger, I had a dream to be a golfer at the Masters, which I'm not the, really the best build to be a golfer. I think a lot of golfers are short. I don't really know too much about golfing nowadays, but um, I grew up, yeah. I grew up going to this country club with my dad, and uh, he played golf every day, so I, he drugged me along, and um, I really caught on to it, and I liked it when we were hitting balls at the range. And so it finally came the day when he was like, okay, we're going to go play 18 holes. And I was like, awesome, this is my big debut, going to play 18 holes. So we get, we get in the cart, we roll up to the first hole, get out, and I hit the first shot, it's perfect, right down the middle, <laughs> takes off, right? That hole was great, played well. Second hole comes around, start playing a little bit worse. Still keeping it in the, you know, it's in the rough. It's not out of bounds. It's just like off to the right, off to the left. Third hole rolls around, and uh, it's this dog leg left. I remember it was par five, dog leg left, shoots off to the left. And every shot I took, my dad kept letting me re-hit, was going to the right. Every single one. And I got so frustrated. And I took my bag, and I put the club back in it, and I sat in the car while my dad finished playing 18, and he went around. <laughs> And I gave up on my dream that day. 
But I'm telling you this because I think it has a really crazy correlation to our life about how we might be on that third hole. You know what I mean? You might be taking a swing at this ball, and it is going to the right, and it just keeps going to the right, and it just keeps going to the right, and it just keeps going to the right. But the thing is, if you have perseverance and you keep hitting that ball, you're going to get better. You're going to get better, and you're going to get better, and you're going to get better, and sooner or later, you're going to be hitting it right down the middle. Just keep hitting it right down the middle. The thing is, I really don't know where you guys are, you know? Third hole. You guys could be on 18. You're in the cart, rounding the last hole, and you haven't played at all. And you have that dream that's in your life, in your heart, and you've given up on it. You said, nope, not meant to be a golfer. I'm canning it. I've been sitting in the cart. It's not too late. It is never too late. God will not give up on you. You have to have perseverance. Um, yeah, so just in closing, persevere into the dream that God has set in front of you. You know, we've been talking a lot about hearing the dream from God and walking on this dream from God, but it takes perseverance, and it takes, keep going. It takes you to keep going at it and at it and at it. Um, you can't live the dream if you have no dream. So you've got to find a dream, attach to it, persevere, don't give up, and use wisdom with God. So we're all in need of a dream. That's, that's it. Can we pray real fast? Cool. Heavenly Father, God, we just um, thank you for your presence, God, and your Holy Spirit. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would wash over us today afresh. Lord, that you would give us a new perspective today, God, that you will help us just chew on the word that you've given us, Lord, that you will help us just find gold in what was spoken today, Jesus. I pray that no matter what situation we're going in, Lord, that you will be speaking to someone. If, it is, if they need the people, like Chris was saying, to come around them, support them, or if they're at a place where they feel like they're giving up on their dream, Lord, we pray that you would just build perseverance in your people here today, Jesus. Um, Lord, we just thank you for the rest of the service, Lord. We thank you for Matt. We thank you for Jill. We thank you for the opportunities and uh, your son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for these amazing three communicators this morning? That was so great. I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad. I don't know. Were you refreshed and encouraged by that too? It was so good. Well done. Really good. Well done, Mal. You got a, you got a shout out too. <laughs> you know, uh, I was just thinking about you, Aaron. You came up and you spoke and I was just thinking about you and, you know, I just was thinking about the dream, the God dream for you and how you know, it was golf, and it's pretty funny that it was golf, wasn't it? But in all seriousness, though, like, I, I thought about just your stature, and, and immediately God gave me Isaiah 61. It talks about the oaks of righteousness, that the people of Israel would be called oaks of righteousness. And I think it's funny, you are tall, and you do have stature in the physical, but God also in the spiritual wants to give you that stature. And underneath an oak, there's shade. Underneath an oak, there's refreshment. Underneath an oak, there's a place of refuge. And you're going to be that to people. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Awesome.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Sundays at church or visit us at www.colonialchurch.life.